Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Ask yourself, as I make those lists, you begin playing the what-if game? You see, Satan loves to do one thing, slow us down in our race. And we look at the circumstances of life instead of the God who's in control of our life. Be careful. 2 Timothy 1.7 says this, For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and a sound mind. Military leaders know that the best way to protect their people is get your adversary to fear you. If your enemy thinks that there's no way they can win, they're more likely to stay home and not attack. The devil's been playing this game for thousands of years. He's gotten people to fear change, to fear becoming a Christ follower. As Pastor Mark will be teaching today, he even gets Christ followers to fear changes God wants to make in their lives. You'll find out how to overcome those fears and serve God with your whole being. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of this broadcast. Now here's Pastor Mark in Hebrews chapter 12 as he continues his message, The Race of Faith. Not everything is good for you. You say, I'm allowed to do anything, but not everything is beneficial. You see, you and I, from time to time, and this is one of those times because it's in the passage, we should simply stop and say, look at my life. In the light of eternity, in the light of a race, Is this the best use of my time, my money, and my talents? I've discovered as we mature in the Lord, I have a different mindset than I used to have. You see, life is short. The most valuable thing you have is T-I-M-E. That's absolutely without doubt the most valuable thing you have. And so we need to assess ourselves as we're doing life. And it's not that in here are some things that are bad. They're good things. But they probably have taken the place of the best things. I can't tell you what that is in your life. You can. And God could. Remember, Paul said, everything's lawful for me. I can do whatever I want. But he says in the old King James language, not everything is expedient. It isn't going to help me in my race. It's actually going to slow me down. Now, it's not a sin. And so we have to be very careful doing this with other people. 
I can't run your race. You have to run your own race. And so just ask yourself, is it the best use of my time, my money, my talents? If it isn't, then ask God to do the best and eliminate that. Strip it off. Get rid of it. Lay it aside. Do whatever is necessary. Next. The weight of fear and worry. I have a few illustrations. This is the weight of fear and worry. It's a king-sized bottle of Tums. Okay? Now, I just use that as an illustration, not that we're against medicine. You understand that. I'm going to read you a list. Fear has a friend. The friend's name is worry. Fear and worry are friends. And they love to play in our minds a game called what if. What if this happens? What if this happens? What if? I'm going to read you a list. God already spoke to me three days ago when I started writing the list. I had to deal with it. I won't tell you which one. But as I read this list, is there fear and worry? If there is, it slows us down. I'll read the list. The fear of pain or future pain. The fear of getting in and then getting through college. The fear of a marriage. Am I, am I not going to get married? The fear of loneliness. What am I going to do with this? The fear of the impending divorce. The fear of failure. The fear of losing a loved one. That happens to lots of people as they get older. What am I going to do? The fear of losing a job. The fear of losing a house. The fear of rejection. The fear of approaching death. As you get older, the fear of approaching death. Let's see, how many years? Wow. Well, ask yourself, as I make those lists, you begin playing the what-if game. You see, Satan loves to do one thing, slow us down in our race. And we look at the circumstances of life instead of the God who's in control of our life. Be careful. 2 Timothy 1.7 says this, For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and a sound mind. Now, think about this. Where does the fear place itself? It's in our minds. It's the what-if game. It hasn't happened, but I'm so... Con- what if I make the wrong decision? I want to move here. I want to go there. I want to take this college course. I want to do this. I'm going to get married to that person. What if I'm 32 and I haven't been married yet? What's going to happen? And our minds just... All the day, it's just filled with that. Instead of, God, you're sovereign. Your plans for me is good. It's going to work out. I'm just trusting you for today. The battle is in our minds. We need to stop listening to the lies of Satan and have a sound mind that's based on the principles of the Word of God. If that's you and you're here, fear and worry, just we all have some of it, but if it's too much in your life, just take it out of your bag. 
say to God, I want a sound mind. I don't want to be carrying it around anymore. I don't need to do that. I can run the race way better without worry and fear. Turn with me to Philippians 4. You know the verse, but I want to just share it for a moment. Amazingly, sometimes we forget context. Paul wrote this verse while he was in prison. Philippians chapter 4, verse 6 and 7. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and petition with thanksgiving. Simply present your request to God. Notice what comes. And the peace of God. See, the peace of God is the opposite of worry and anxiety. The what if goes away. The what if says, God's in control. It's okay. Yeah, but Pastor Mike, I still don't have any answers. He does. Relax. It's going to be all right. And the peace of God, which transcends all our understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds. That's where the mind is. In Christ Jesus. Paul was still running his race while he was in prison. He set aside the weight of fear and worry. You say, well, he couldn't be running his race. Well, yes, he was. What was he doing? He was witnessing to all the guards. He couldn't get out and do what he wanted to do, but God had him there. So he just used the talents God had, and he continued to run the race. Right thinking always replaces fear, worry, and what if. Right biblical thinking always replaces it. Remind yourself. Paul says, strip off every weight. This is one, by the way, that I have to strip off from time to time myself, just like you do. Let me make a point, and then we'll move on quickly. It's not like you went, praise God, thank you for showing me that, Pastor Mark. I removed that sucker. No problem. Let me fast forward three months. And you look in your bag, and what do you have? You went and bought another one, a bigger economy bottle at Sam's. You're back to what? Fear and worry. Why do I say that? Because, see, the race never ends until your foot gets into heaven. So there's from time to time, I have to go back and strip it off again. And I say, how did it get in there? I know better. What is wrong with me? Anybody relate to what I'm just talking about? And we know it shouldn't be in there, but we do it. And so we have to persevere. We have to keep looking at the bag. What's hindering me? Now, next, the weight of the past. Somebody came in yesterday, and we're going to be working with a group of churches in Poland. God's just opening up amazing doors. And preferably next fall or the following spring, we're going to go over and do some teaching to pastors all over Poland. Well, he brought me a photo album of all kinds of things and neat things that are happening, people in the past and things in the past. And I want to use that as an illustration of the past. No one can run effectively by looking back. You cannot run effectively by looking in the back. You see, we stop running forward 
And then in our minds, we start retracing our steps in the past. And the race is forward. It's not backward. Now, Will Rogers said this, Don't let yesterday use up too much of today. Wise statement. Let me give you a danger. If you're always speaking about the past, if you're always talking, remember this memory here? Remember this person over here? Remember the house that we had back here on Emmons and, and Lincoln Park? And remember the first dog we had? There's nothing wrong with that. But if that's where you live mostly, there's a problem in your life. Because you basically stopped running. Life is to be lived today. There's new houses today. There's new friends today. There's new dogs today. There's new situations today. The past is great. We all remember it. I told you a little bit about it with my dad and the church and whatever. But if I have my picture in my office and I'm always saying, Man, Dad, I wish you were here. I wish I was back then when I was a little kid and didn't have all this stuff to do. Man, it's great. You wouldn't want me as a pastor. So understand, you have to be fresh. You have to be new. It has to be good today. If you're always speaking about what you did back then, you're living in the past. Memories are great, but we live today. Now, Luke 9, 62 simply says this. No one who puts his hand to the plow and looks back is fit for service in the kingdom of God. Are you looking back? Is your life in the back? Turn with me to Philippians chapter 3, if you would. We talked about cross bridges and spilt milk. What can you do about them? See, there's things in the past that we really ought to forget. They're done. I can't do anything about them. There's things in the past that were incredible. I have a page in my devotional book that's called Special Things That God Did. And I'll look back and I wrote on a Sunday. Remember the Sunday we had the bridge up here for forgiveness and people walked over the bridge? And how many remember that Sunday? It was incredible, wasn't it? And what God did, just put it in my mind. I didn't have any idea about it. And I look back and I went, man, I wonder if this week can be that good. And Well, wait a minute. That was a year and a half ago. I got people this week that need to hear God's word. God's word's fresh. I don't think, let's see if we can bring the bridge back and get it back again. Well, no, it was a great victory. God used it. But I have a God of today. You have a God of today. It's not back in Michigan where I was or wherever you're from. Hardly anybody's from Florida, so that fits almost everybody here. <laughs> By the way, some of you, I've used this before and I'll still use it, your ideal is... North Dakota, or North Carolina, or wherever, Hawaii, or whatever. If I get there, everything's going to be perfect. Let me give you a clue. Number one, you're going there, that ends that whole statement. (laughs) Some of you thought when you came to Florida, it'd be perfect. Man, the beaches and everything. You haven't been to the beach in four years, and you live here. (laughs) Am I right? Yeah, vacation was great, but working's a little different, isn't it? And so we have to be what? You have to be where you're at. You can't live in the past. Look at Philippians. Paul knows this. Notice, notice what Paul says. 
verse 12, chapter 3. I don't mean to say that I've already achieved these things or I've already reached perfection, but I press on, I run to the perfection which Christ Jesus first possessed me. No, dear brothers and sisters, I've not achieved it, but I focus on this one thing, forgetting the past and looking forward. Looking how? Forward to what lies ahead. I press on to reach the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize for which God, through Christ Jesus, is calling us. I press on. I'm looking forward. See, the goal, the goal is ahead of us. It's not behind us, guys. It's ahead of us. Statement you want to write down. Put it in your Bible. Put it in Philippians right there. Be great for you to do it. That's where I have it in my Bible. Here's the statement. Unless we let go of the past... We cannot run toward the goal. You can't do it. Doesn't matter if it was a victory you want to hang on to or if it was a failure that you wish you could have done over. You can't. You just have to move on. Next, the weight of apathy and good intentions. Ministry is wonderful. You guys are so incredible just to have a church that serves and just a beautiful thing. But I've noticed for all my years in the church, we are kind of an exception. Now, we're not a perfect church, far from it. But I've noticed an exception. Many, many times in ministry, here's what I've remembered. Talk is cheap. People make so many great statements, and they simply never follow through. They mean well. They just don't follow through. Now, as you think about that, it's a little picture of apathy. Apathy is just kind of like I opened the statement with, the Christian life is a race. Oh, great. Why did I come? Well, at least I saw a bowl get ordained. And spiritual apathy is simply this. You're bored with God and life. Notice, you're bored with God and life. Now, if you're bored with God, and you're not happy that the Christian life is a race, there's one reason for that. You're not filled with the Holy Spirit. You see, enthusiasm and zest for life comes from the Spirit of God. Out of our innermost beings will flow rivers of, not dead, stale water, but rushing, living water. You see, that's what life is. Now, the opposite of apathy, or kind of this lifestyle that we are calling here good intentions. See, if I really mean it, I have passion for something. What I love, and I write this on the evaluations of the guys that I evaluate. What I look for in a pastor are a lot of things. First of all, obviously, the call of God in their life. doesn't make him any better than you or anything. Anyone that's in service, here's what I look for. Could I call them at 2 a.m. on a Thursday and say, I need help, and when they say, I'll be right there? I want to be that kind of person. Not to a flake, not to somebody that just calls you and they, they abuse you, but I'm talking somebody that really needs me. I want to be that person. Do you? See, and I say, call me on Friday. Anything you need, 
They just say it. They don't mean it. They mean well, but they'll never follow through. I'll be here for this day and we'll get the front of this church picked up and all the, the weeds and everything and we'll get the things done and whatever. And 28 people go, yeah, let's do it. Wonderful. It's terrific. Six people show up. You see, that says something to me. Talk is what? It's cheap. That will weigh you down. If you don't have zest for the race, it'll absolutely weigh you down. So you want to have a zip in your step. When I think of passion and enthusiasm, the Bible is just filled with people. Let me just read a few. Abel offered a better sacrifice. Noah. When God said, Noah, build an ark, what do you think all went? Oh, man. 120 years. Noah built an ark. I tell you what, that would have challenged me. No converts won 120 years. Easy to say, very difficult. Abraham left Ur of Chaldees, just headed out. He offered Isaac. Joseph forgave his family. He had zest for life. Moses' parents, what did they do? God, this is what you want? We'll hide our son. You protect him. So over and over, these were not perfect people, but they were can-do people. They had a zest and an enthusiasm for life. When God entered their life, they simply said, let's go for it. Now, go back with me to one passage of Scripture. The next one is the sin that so easily besets us. But the first one is, is just the weights of life. I don't know what you have in your life. I won't even, I won't even go there. <laughs> It's funny, Robert's here, as I told you, from, from Beijing. You know, there is no phone book in Beijing. 18 million people, who would want one? <laughs> and most everybody doesn't even have a home phone. They just have cell phones. We've had fun, but I know the Lord spoke to you. You see, if we'll empty this bag of those things that we talked about, if we'll empty them, I have to do that. I have to empty my own bag. You can't empty mine. If you allow the Lord to empty that and you put this back on, you can run a lot more effectively. See, if I'm apathetic, it's absolute proof I'm not filled with the Holy Spirit. Well, how should I be filled with the Holy Spirit? Remember Gail Irwin? Father, what? Fill me with the Holy Spirit. Will he? Yes, he will. How would you like to leave filled? I get filled by first what? Stripping off, getting rid of any weight that keeps me from running the race in joy. And as I do that, then I ask for zest, for the Spirit for enthusiasm, for joy. Because, guys, it's not going to be too much longer when we're going to cross the finish line. We're going to cross it. We're going to be in heaven. We will have finished it. It'll happen. Pastor Mark taught today about order. He talked about looking at your walk with Jesus 
and figuring out which things should have the highest priority. You heard Pastor Mark say that to run your best race, you need to shed as much excess weight as you're able. You also learned that some of the things you get rid of aren't sinful. Just hold you back from serving God the best you can. There's so much to learn from Pastor Mark's current series, so be sure to join us again. In the meantime, we'd like to offer you a CD copy of today's message for your own archives or for you to share with friends and family. Visit LessonsForLivingRadio.com and click on Order a Message at the top of the page. There you'll be asked for the mailing information and be sure to include today's date. Each CD costs $5 to cover materials and shipping. Again, to order your CD copy, visit LessonsForLivingRadio.com. This brings us to the end of the first half of Pastor Mark's teaching, The Race of Faith. Next time, he'll begin part two. You can expect to continue to be challenged to run the race of faith in as lean a manner as possible. Pastor Mark will be talking again about examining your life, the people, and things you're involved with, making sure that they're helping you get closer to God. Well, that's all the time we have for today's broadcast. From all of the production team here at Lessons for Living, we want to say thank you for tuning in and may God bless you. And together, let's do life right. Our eyes have seen and our ears have heard His Word made flesh in a hurting